Welcome to a Million Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roundtables. Uh, we here at Amelia Baptist Church hope that you have enjoyed these. It is March 12th and we are diving into a really cool topic this morning um, about technology and the digital age. Uh, our basis for today is a book written by Tony Ranke called 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You. So we're going to sort of invest our time a little bit in this. If you are listening um, on Spotify or Apple or Google, we welcome you. If you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook, we welcome you too. And so we're just excited to continue doing these and to create conversation, face-to-face conversation we feel that has become a bit of a lost art, a bit of a lost uh, opportunity in today's world. And so we are hoping to get that back. We got some great episodes of this podcast planned over the next couple months. We've been some special guests that you'll know from the county and um, even Jacksonville. So we're excited to see that happen. But uh, we thank you so much for listening. And we hope that you're having a wonderful day. Um, so let's dive in. Uh, Mr. Dylan Whitaker, thank you so much for being with us, man. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah. I feel like we should apologize for the people watching instead of just listening. Right. We sound a lot better than we look. We sound a lot. You, yeah, speak for yourself, <laughs> man. Uh, no, it's true. Very accurate. Um, I just, uh, I appreciate you and your opinion on this matter specifically. Uh, tell, tell everybody what it is you, exactly that you do at uh, ABC. Yeah, so uh, so the my official title is uh, IT and logistics coordinator, uh, which means that I deal with technology a good good amount of time. So this is a very interesting topic, and actually something that, um, as we were talking beforehand, uh, God kind of convicted us both on this topic. Right. You know, this year, beginning this year, as we were just kind of I think being overwhelmed by um, technology yeah. in general, you know? Yeah. And, um, and I think a lot of people are hitting that place right now, especially with COVID mm-hmm. um, and having for the last year, pretty much m- many of our um, interactions with each other have been online. Yeah, I, you know, there have to be. Yeah, they have to be. There hasn't been that in-person um, communication there. Sure, you know. and and so this book was written just a few years ago, and could not have been more appropriately timed. Yeah, uh, to sort of get ahead of what was going on. And so uh, the author Tony uh, Ranke, uh, who is also he, the foreword of the book, is written by John Piper, and he is a journalist and serves as a senior writer at DesiringGod.org. Um, he also hosts a very popular mm-hmm. podcast called Ask Pastor John. Um, but he is uh, basically telling you that we are not uh, respecting the possible harm that comes with technology. So it's not one of those books uh, where we're sitting here going, yeah, guys, technology is evil right. in and of itself. It's inherently evil. Throw your phone away. I think that's how some people responded to um, Radical when Radical was yep. written by David yeah. Platt. They were like, oh, man, this book's telling me not to own a couch or a yeah television or anything they didn't to go read, live in Zimbabwe totally right <laughs> yeah and so I think it was just where is your heart on these matters are you giving mm-hmm. are you sending are you going and in the same way it's are you respecting all of the power and responsibility that comes with tech because you were just thrown into it and it reminds yeah. me uh Monday uh, I was at CrossFit and this girl comes in uh, I was about 20 years old. She's wearing a Blockbuster T-shirt that she'd obviously gotten from like Target. Yeah, because she and wasn't. She's not old enough to yeah, know what Blockbuster There's no way is. she was. I mean, I'm trying to do the math, and I'm an infant, but there's no yeah. way she experienced what right. we experienced on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. And this is something the younger generation will just never understand. It, they'll never understand. I feel for them. Going to, yeah, right, so <laughs> bad. Devastated. They'll never understand going to like Dunn Avenue yeah. on a Friday night, getting some Quincy's. 
uh, which was like a Golden Corral before Golden Corral was Golden Corral. And uh, maybe even Sonny's Barbecue there and some bowling and your dad being like, you know what, let's run out to Blockbuster mm-hmm. and get a movie. And then you get to the the place where your favorite movie is and you're like, oh, awesome. And you pull back the cover and your movie's not there. It's just, there's, right. well, we yeah. live in an immediate <laughs> gratification world, you know. Yeah, there, there's no Amazon Prime, now, right? No, there's no Prime, way before Prime. But I say that because it just reminds me of how fast technology has changed. We live in a streaming universe. We live in an immediate gratification uh, I think that's universe. the issue is that technology exploded so quickly right. from, you know, our grandparents who didn't even have, you know, like cell phones. Right. Um, you know, my grandma talks about growing up without electricity right. to the point where it's at our fingertips. Yeah. We can log in and rent cra- any crazy movie to we some would, could ever imagine mm-hmm. on multiple streaming platforms yeah. and connect with people all around the world instantaneously. Right. Right. Like, and so that happened and there really wasn't a chance for people to sit back and say, whoa, okay, how do we deal with this? How do we integrate this tool into our life yeah. without letting it control us? Yeah, and that, that is the key. And um, one reason why, and, and something we'll go over uh, today is about uh, the freedom as Christians that we have to, to do things, but it's not to do whatever we want. And then moving into just the first two chapters of the book, uh, today, obviously, we don't have time to go over all 12 or 13, I think, um, including there's like a forward. Uh, we won't have time to go over all of that, but the first two chapters give you a good overview. We highly recommend reading this book. Uh, it, it's been incredibly helpful in my own Bible study. It's it's covered in Scripture, but it also gives very realistic arguments uh, in terms of for people who don't believe in the Bible mm-hmm. uh, and, and want to see stats, want to see evidence. And so that's all around the book. Um, and then we also want to end with just some encouraging things, encouraging questions to ask yourself before you engage online and, and maybe even approach it as a spiritual discipline. So before we do, uh, you had mentioned earlier that you had stopped social. Was it social network or were you just not on your phone? Obviously, it, it was, a, you know, here's where it gets interesting because okay. um, our work and our school and everything mm-hmm. is so tied in with our phone. And so um, it was social networking mainly, okay. uh, yeah. Facebook, um, you, you know, uh, Instagram, group, group Twitter, chats, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, all those kind of things that are just there for the socialization. Yeah. Um, I decided to take a month yeah. and step oh, back month, from wow. that. That was way better. And um, <laughs> you did, I forgot that you did a month. Well, that's because my that. mom said you probably should. And, you know, oh, the you took your mom's convicted advice? me and I was like, ah, yeah. she's right. You know, my mom needs to take a week off. Yeah. <laughs> My mom does. I mean, forget my mom telling me Cut to take that a from month. The- no, keep that in. Um, <laughs> but no, it was it was really eye opening. I mean, the first week was so hard. I mean, because you're sitting there and all of a sudden it's like, what? Who do I? What do, do I do? I talk? My, what yeah. do I do with my brain? Yeah, who do I talk to? Um, I should be checking this. I'm this. accidentally thinking. Yeah. I'm accidentally pondering right? about my day. Exactly. Ah, I must um, escape. And so it was one of those things that I was like, man. And then really after going after that first week, I started realizing the the chats or the social media areas that I was in mm-hmm. that really didn't have value in my life. That I was just in them because somebody had added me into yeah. it or I, I felt like I needed to be into it. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, there's several that I just never unmuted yeah. because it's like. I don't, they were a waste of time. I didn't did need you do your to fast? be a, pro, you know, yeah, a part of it You didn't it there. feel it needed to be there. Right. And that you were going to learn something from going without it. Yeah. Which is fasting, which is a spiritual discipline. It's exactly. probably not talked about yeah. near as much in evangelical churches. We as, think of fasting as food. 
Or it's ascribed to yeah. one particular holiday or holiday season, like Lent, Lent yes. um, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Uh, but you're supposed to be fasting sort of all the time. It's like mm-hmm. the main way in which you test what is an idol yeah. and what is not um, is by going without it. And this helps us learn self-control. It's just right. basic human conditioning. Because right. we're really bad at self-control. <laughs> well, no, we, we, we develop habits incredibly yeah. quickly. Uh, and something like, like when I, I took a week, was it after you? I took a week it off was, after yeah, you. Yeah. Um, yeah, cause it was following your lead, man. I just look up to you so mm-hmm. much. Uh, and so I took a week off and it was, it was just Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. That's all I have. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I've never done Snapchat, uh, because it I. terrifies me as someone yeah. who desires accountability, uh, <laughs> because the, the, everything disappears. Uh, it's, it's just awful. Mm-hmm. I never want anyone to be able to reach me that way. Right. Uh, and you know, if you have a Snapchat, it's I'm not your dad, you know, unless it's Ellie Joe listening, then you don't get one. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't have um, TikTok. I've never got into that stuff. It's right. just, I mean, I have YouTube, so there's a lot of time on YouTube. We're, we're the older generation. I just never, I never like got three into things, it. And that's so fine, people right. like, you know, Clay's age. Yeah. And Clay has all that stuff. He <laughs> utilizes it. Good for Clay. He's uh, giving us all these signals behind just, the camera. Yeah, like, he hey, this it. is me. <laughs> I just didn't. And so I took that off for yeah. a week. And, and honestly, it was embarrassing how more engaged with my family I was. It was, it was, in, well, what, what prompted you to take off? Right. So what prompted me to take off? I think that's important to understand. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to, there is no blame towards my wife, but, but she is my accountability partner. Yeah. My wife is, uh, you know, she is my partner in this thing and she wants what's good for her family. And mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be the leader of the household. And in so many ways I am, but in this way, the phone was just becoming demanding. And then I made the mistake of sort of asking other people, you know, isn't this crazy that, that, that she thinks I'm on this a whole lot, you know, and everyone's looking at me real awkwardly. Like you've ignored me a lot in the last week. Like I have memories of you just while I was talking to you, looking down at your phone, like I wasn't there and I'm just sitting there going, that's sort of a terrible thing for anyone to remember mm-hmm. about a person, let alone someone who's supposed to be pastoring hundreds of people in the community. And so I went, I took off and, and I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I'm here to say that. And I think that's important. Encouraging. Yeah. I, I gave you and Catherine our church responsibilities mm-hmm. and everything worked out fine. So it's also a lesson in delegation, but I could not recommend it more as far as an act of health, um, spiritual and emotional right. and mental uh, to really let those idols down uh, and test those by going without. And I want to make sure as we got, kind of dive into the conversation of freedom, because that's really what we're right. talking about. We are, John Calvin said this, we are naturally idol makers or idol machines is what we do. Um, it's part of our sin nature. And so with that comes consequences. And so I want to make sure that we're hearing this uh, repeatedly. Um, we are looking at the common spectrum between legalist and antinomian, which really is just someone who is, um, I'm never going to have the phone. It's never going to be a part of my body. It's like you throw know, it out the window. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and then the antinomian is like, God wants you to do what you want to do, which is not a do biblical feels concept. Good, right? right. And so uh, Tony Ranke said this, I found this incredibly helpful. Freedom in Christ is not freedom to do whatever you want. It is for sure-footed self-reflection and for avoiding the cultural bondage of sin. My freedom in Christ gives me eyes to see that not all things are helpful for me, helpful for others, or acceptable for my witness in the world. And he goes on to say, true freedom from the bondage of technology comes not mainly from throwing away the smartphone. So he's not saying get Mm -hmm. rid of it. He's saying obviously it's a part of our lives now in a huge way but from filling the void with the glories of Jesus that you are trying to fill with the pleasures of the device. So there's, there's a lesson to the legalist yeah. who says you need more Jesus. You're thinking, I just need less phone. And sometimes more Jesus is going to result in less phone. Yeah. But the idea here is you can't 
fix this behavioral modification mm -hmm. or get this perfect on the outside. It's the same way we, we preach the gospel. You have to just love Jesus more. You have to mm -hmm. chase him more. You have to be involved in him, invest in your relationship with him more, not just say, I need to stop cursing. Yeah. Well, yes, that's true. <laughs> stop cursing, but don't just try to fix it from an external mm -hmm. point of view. Try to get involved in your heart and say, why am I lashing out this way? Right. Why do I feel the need to say these things? And have the accountability of the church and exactly. the body of believers where they can come up to you and say, hey, pastor, you're on your phone a lot. Right. Or, you know, it was a humbling experience. No. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and but you said and, uh, it into full circle. You, It's part of our jobs. It is. And it's inescapable. And so we are people who need this book even more than other people, perhaps, right. or people who don't need their phones. And I want people to hear that we're not condemning this this is something that Gosh, we're saying no. we struggle with. I was going to say, I hope by now they got yes, the idea that I right, struggle with exactly. this. Exactly. It was a terrible so idea to ask people sharing, if I struggle you with know, this. We're sharing from our experience, and hopefully it's an encouragement to right. others of there can be a time where you can step back. That's true. And enjoy and, and see Christ. So well, let's look at the first, first chapter, two chapters. Yes. Yeah, first two chapters of this book, and the first one talks about uh, the dangers of distraction. And that's one huge appeal of the smartphone. And he just starts listing how we have entered this place in society where it's almost impossible to just look someone in the eye for a full mm -hmm. conversation or be truthfully and honestly engaged with someone. And they were always sort of fiddling around with our device instead of really making sure um, that someone matters uh, to us, or that they know that they matter. Um, he says this, the more we take refuge in distraction, um, the more we become basically desensitized to delight. We lose our capacity to stop and ponder something deeply, to admire something beautiful for its own sake, to lose ourselves in the passion for a game, a story, or person. I think this is what's so important about getting back mm -hmm. to game nights and being able to listen to an, uh, you know, an audio uh, clip, you know, being able to go online and uh, listen to just something and, and, and put it in your mind or reading. There's been a huge a attack on literacy, yeah. uh, being able to invent these things without always needing the instigation that uh, technology com uh, comes with, as well as uh, awkward moments. People who are in naturally introverted, yeah. but they're trying in fellowship, but they use their phone as a security blanket. It can distract you from things that you need to progress towards. Mm -hmm. It can result in a falling back. And so I really think it's important that we must die to the idea that a distraction-free life is possible because it's not. It never has been. There's always going to be distractions. Um, and the holy life is really complex, which means we must learn how to apply distraction management in every situation. So every everywhere we are, including the car, hmm. uh, we need to apply this distraction management. We need to understand that this phone is constant distraction on tap. Right. It never runs out. There's always something new. I remember justifying it to my wife that I'm on Twitter a lot because I want it's my newspaper, honey. You know, I, I follow everybody, you know, from everybody right. from Ben Shapiro to Jake Tapper. I'm like, I want to know what's going on in the world. And uh, I want these political and theological opinions and I want to be aware. And, and man, she just kind of threw Genesis three back at me. Yeah. Like, really? She was like, or it's a ministry. Yeah, That's like another an argument. An idol of knowledge, use. you know, yeah. is what she said. And I was like, goodness gracious. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm thankful that she did that, but it really hurt because I'm sitting there going, yeah, I want to know those things and I want to be aware of what's going on. But again, we are idle machines mm -hmm. and you can even make an idol out of good things. And so that became a really important lesson that distraction is a bad idol and uh, it's not always healthy. And so that's where I kind of setting a boundaries. Yeah. That's what it's about. Right. It doesn't mean it's bad. There's just boundaries to it. Yeah. So spiritual disciplines, mm -hmm. really. And then it moved into the second chapter, which is uh, we had a great discussion in our young adults class on Sunday nights about this. We've been walking through this book. 
And the second chapter had everything to do with um, a flesh and blood chapter. Basically, uh, the dopamine that we receive from all the attention and making ourselves the star. So you go online, you're the center of attention. You're the spectator, but you're also the mm -hmm. star. And you get to like what you want to like, and people get to like what you say, and you get to seek approval, and you get to seek immediate gratification. You get to watch what you want to watch and say what you want to mm -hmm. say. And it could be a place that seems like there are no consequences, but there really are tons of consequences. And he goes, one of the worst things about this addiction to technology, specifically through your smartphone, is loving thy neighbor is already really hard to do. It was already really hard to do before the smartphone, and now we've added a screen that gets in the way of our neighbor. And uh, it, it reminds me of whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister as a liar out of 1 John. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And it brought to, to the argument, why is it so much um, easier to lose your cool online <laughs> than, when, than when you're in person? Mm. And I thought that was really interesting. We had a lot of good uh, answers and responses. Is why is it easier to lose it online? And one of the things that came up was uh, because you can't, you don't, don't realize the person you're talking to is a person. Yeah, it's just a screen. You're taking what they're saying and divorcing it from the actual uh, emotional uh, uh, and mental, intellectual, physical person that right. is behind that argument. You exactly. don't know what's happening in their life and what's causing them to say what they are. And so you take it at face value. Uh, and a lot of times we take it personally as a personal attack on us. Mm -hmm. And, um, and many times it's coming from a perspective that, you know, you can't see because you're not there in, per in, in person, yeah. you know? And, um, uh, I think that's, that's a lot of times how, um, these fall fallouts that happen online start, mm -hmm. it starts with a misunderstanding. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we're reading something the person's not even saying in yeah. the first place. And then we get offended and we react because we have the next, you know, best comeback mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, going to change the world. And we're going to post this and it's going to look, look at me. I had this really great comeback to this, you know, the sharp biting comeback. And, and yeah. then it just goes downhill from there. That's because uh, everything online is written without tone or mm -hmm. context. Mm -hmm. And it's a very easy place to be offended. And then from that, instead of apologizing, we just become prideful because we forget that the motive is now no longer loving your neighbor more than you love yourself, which is already this incredibly impossible task. Yeah. Yeah. But now we just want to win the argument by all means necessary. Mm -hmm. And what's really trippy is that when you're arguing online, you not only forget the person is an actual person, there is an illusion that takes place. And I think this is very important for people to hear that you are alone. Yeah. That you, cause you technically are alone. It's technically just you and your smartphone. And so while smartphones and social media were supposed to cure this epidemic of loneliness, like the way they were being broadcasted, we'll never be alone again. We'll constantly be in communication with right. the world around us. The Bible's like, that's not real fellowship. I mean, sometimes it's the best you can mm -hmm. get. And we've seen evidences of that in the last year. But the joy of fellowship is face to face. I mean... The, the, the advertisement to technology is we would all be connected all together all the time and none of us would ever feel alone. But here's the harsh truth is that we can always be lonely, even in a crowd of people. Yeah. And now even more so, we are lonely in a digital crowd. And when we react like we're alone, we don't think of the real consequences because you're talking to a real person. There's this terrifying story of this girl um, who had tweeted something online before she... Uh, went on a long flight to yeah. Africa. She put the tweet out 
And the tweet was a really off color, very kind of dumb joke. And I won't repeat it, but if right. you look the story up, you'll know everything about it. So she put this thing out there and, and some part of it could very well have been a misunderstanding, but it was, it was a dumb joke. Well, she's on this, you know, hours and hours and hours long flight. By the time she had landed in Africa, this thing had been posted, liked, retweeted. I mean, tens of thousands of mm. times. She was, she was viral is what they call it. She was viral. Everyone was commenting this vitriol, like just, it became this mob yeah. of people who were out to hurt this girl. And anyway, I mean, people showed up to the airport that she landed. They found out what flight she was on. I mean, the craziest mm-hmm. stuff because why? All people are susceptible to mob mentality and the internet is a serious place that needs to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. You want to talk all they want about cancel culture, but they don't want to do anything to prepare with spiritual discipline, the respect yeah. the technology deserves. They don't want to do anything to prepare for that, but they just want to complain that, wow, you can really get in a lot of trouble online. Well, of course you can. Yeah. You can get a lot of trouble when you don't think about what you're saying. I mean, if you, if you, if you want a good example from just the last year, two years ago, it was when somebody made a joke about storming and trying to look for aliens right. in, a, in a place here. And it picks up steam and all of a sudden millions of people are saying, we're going to show up here and do this, you know, on a secure, you know, military facility. Right. And people are like, well, I was just joking when I posted that. Exactly. But that joke, somebody took it seriously. Someone took and it seriously. And that's what we have to remember is and, that yeah. what we say has long term effects online yeah exactly and, so uh, everything even been, more than sometimes in person because right. i can joke with you and you know i'm joking there's a relationship formed. right there's no real relationships being formed and that's the issue when it comes to uh online behavior and this is the bottom line nothing replaces the joy of fellowship uh ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 9 through 12 two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil for if they fall one will lift up his fellow but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up people are going to something that is not real fellowship that is not true relationship they're hoping it fills the void in their life that god understands and has written in romans 1 is uh, part of our natural sense our natural state and it doesn't, and it increases depression and anxiety. There is statistic after statistic that says the more technology usage, the more phone usage, especially social networks yeah. that people delve into without respect, without limits, without disciplines, results in higher rates of depression, higher rates of suicide, higher rates of anxiety. So this is not just saying, these are not just two church boys, good old Baptists saying, right. you need to watch that devil device. This is something way bigger. This is saying you got real stats mm-hmm. attached to the disrespect that we now see as sort of common nature. I mean, I think this starts maybe now when you're young, you got 20 year olds that don't know a world without a smartphone. Right. So, you, you know, us older guys, and I can't include you in that because I've got you by about 10 years, but <laughs> let's just pretend I don't. Um, the bottom line is we remember a time where there, this, this wasn't attached to us and now it is. So we have to act accordingly and we have to lead the people of God in that way. Um, the question of this book is really simple. Um, what is the best use of my smartphone in the flourishing of my life? Yes. To, to every aim. The Bible is clear about this. To that end, my aim is to avoid both extremes. And this is what he says. And I love the phrasing here. He goes, avoid the extreme of the utopian optimism of the technophiliac and the dystopian pessimistic of the technophobe. So he's basically saying you've got these two people who can idolize, worship, live, love on this device, or people who take the Amish route and have nothing to do with it. Um, And he's saying you don't have to do that. You just have to think before Mm -hmm. you speak. And speak would include 
posting here. And so obviously we've covered a great amount of damage that is done um, by not respecting this. A great example of this is when you go out on a boat and you're surrounded by a beautiful sea uh, where people fish and where people sail and we, we have a lot of our resources tied to the ocean and we need the ocean. Um, you need to wear a life jacket when you're on choppy waters, man. So in the same way, why would you not prepare yourself and respect the device that you're using? Technology is, is, is honestly in the same boat, pardon mm. the pun. Uh, so a couple questions i like to end the podcast on. But before you post this, for everyone listening, think about a couple of these. And Dylan, chime in anywhere here where you feel um, that you have uh, you know, experienced this personally. But the first question before you post, will this ultimately glorify me or God? Is this about me just showing off or winning the argument or even sort of getting your kicks by causing chaos or causing controversy? Because, the I mean, I can go for days on a tangent about this, but yeah. man alive. The, the guys were just like, look, I just post the truth, okay? I'm just about the truth. Okay, well, after like the 50th post where you've gotten maybe two or three likes and 15 comments of vitriol, perhaps you're not doing the Lord's mm -hmm. work. And I'm not saying you got to estimate what you're saying is true or not based on crowd reaction. We certainly don't preach that way. Yeah. And God's word is going to cause the stirring of people's hearts and sometimes not in a great way. So we're not saying that. But you can't hide behind truth when you exhibit no tact. Because, or love. Yeah, or yeah. love. I mean, the yeah. bottom line is the Bible says truth in love, not just be all about the truth all the time. I mean, even G.K. Chesterton said that love without truth is brutality, but it mm -hmm. goes for the other way around too. So will this ultimately glorify me? Is this about me winning the argument or will God get the glory? He says again, will this stir or muffle healthy affections for Christ? Why? Because as a Christian, everything you do should be to the honor of God and our God, our Lord is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So we want to be holy because he is holy. Is your social networking, is your phone getting in the way of that? And if so, we need to talk about it because it's that serious. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Um, there's a couple other uh, here. We'll post these uh, when we post the video so that you have the list of questions. We just don't have time to go over all of it. But um, I wanted to end on this. Go ahead, Dylan. I was, gonna say, I was just going to say, not everybody might need to take a, a week fast or a month fast off mm -hmm. of this. Um, I remember uh, a couple years ago, I think it was uh, either it was either Family Life or Focus on the Family was doing a, a broadcast on technology and how it affects the family. And two things that they said that just have stuck in my brain. Um, they said, create like cell phone free zones in your house. Mm. They said, yeah. and, 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 and the couple that was talking said two places that they did. One was the bedroom, mm -hmm. because they said as a husband and wife, it's really hard to communicate right. in your bedroom once you're getting ready for bed, which is a time that is a great time to catch up on how was your day? You've been apart all day long. It should be a temp fellowship. Yeah, you got and this. when two couples have their cell phones and they're going to bed with their phones, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that, I mean, that breaks the, that, you know, the, the fellowship and communication. You're going to bed together, but not really going right. to bed together. Right. Yeah. It, it's almost like you're having an affair with your phone. I, that's drastic, but. Uh, it, no, it's not. Because you know, the it's, phone can be called a mistress. For good it reason. can be. Yeah. Um, and then the other, other place was at, at meals as, as a family mm -hmm. and keep your phone away from there. Um, and so these can be like two just really practical, yeah. small steps that you can do without having to ne necessarily swear off, you know, like going on your phone for a, a month or oh. a week. You can take these small, simple steps. Because some people are listening that, to that, and that's a great point. That some move people, on there. Yeah, some people are listening and going, I can't afford to take a month right. off of my phone. And I don't want you to jump to that. 
I yeah. want you to respect the device. Right. And I want you to find set areas boundaries. in which you can set boundaries. Exactly. Um, I recently preached a sermon um, on Matthew 25, 31 through 46. And, you know, it's a heavy, rich text. And mm-hmm. the last days and final judgment and in that it talks about how uh, Jesus or Jesus, the Lord, is sitting on the throne. He's going to be standing there and we're going to be before God and we're going to be judged based on our lives. Now, this isn't saying it's a work-based faith. Uh, God gives us faith and then he rewards us for that faith. That's how... It works. Uh, you see that in the book of Hebrews. Uh, but the idea that we're being judged by our lives, we're being judged by the fruit of true and sincere salvation. That's how we are judged. Uh, well, based on the stats of how often people are on their phone, I did a quick poll to my young adults. There's 20 of them in there. And I said, who's on your phone uh, more than four hours? And 90% put their hands up. And you're talking about a group of people who will tell you, and, I, and they know I love them and I can say this, but tell you it's really hard for them to find time to get into the word of God. Well, do you really want to bring that account before the Lord? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be seen for who you are, not for who you wanted to be. Right. For who you are. That's going to be who you really are. So to be sure, every human will stand before God to give an account for his or her life and bear the eternal weight of his or her faith or unbelief. But it also remains true that every day we are leading each other in one of two directions. And this includes what we do on our devices. We are either leading each other towards Christ and the internal beauty that he has or we are leading people to reject him mm-hmm. and choose other things before him. And so I'm not ending on a humdrum note. I'm mm. ending on a sense of encouragement that we have yeah. the opportunity to turn this around yeah. because of the grace of God and our love of holiness and our pursuit of holiness because Jesus is holy. So again, it's not anti-tech. No. It's anti-sin, man. Yeah. And the are stats we are five, five minutes with God and five hours on our phone. Right. You know, like, whoa, let's step back and think about this. That's that's. A <laughs> Yeah. How do we expect to be grow more like Christ when we invest more time in something um, that has nothing to do with eternal value yeah. in the way we communicate compared to the whole reason we're here? Right. Yeah. People aren't respecting their phones and it's costing them a lot. And that's why I think I highly recommend the book. And at the end of the day, test the idols, beloved. Pray for us. We will be praying for you. And we know the irony of you possibly listening and watching this on your Online, device. On so your as phone. long as your time on your phone was like 20, 25 uh, minutes of roundtables, you are ABC forgiven. Yes. Yes. Just keep watching <laughs> keep watching and listening. This and, is the one uh, exception. I'm is. sure that'll be fine. Just don't ignore your family to do it. Right. So the book is 12 Ways Your Phone Is Changing You. Uh, Tony Ranke, uh, wonderful man of God. Be praying for him and his family. And then get yourself a copy. This, play this for your family. Yes, I think uh, play I think this. this. Maybe is, listen to this. Pull some yes. gems out of it that could help you and uh, where we're going. So this is all what it's about. Listen to us, Spotify, Apple, Google. Share with your friends. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We would greatly appreciate it, Dylan. Thank you as always for being here, man. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate it, buddy.